Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Bossed Up Podcast, episode 379. I'm your host, Emily Aries, the founder and CEO of Bossed Up. Today, we are talking through how to evaluate a company's culture when you are on the job search to make sure you are making not just any old next move, but the best next move for your career. Today, I'm delighted to be sitting down with Andrew Seaman, the managing editor for jobs and career development at LinkedIn News. He's the editor of the fantastic newsletters Get Hired and Get Ahead, and he's the host of the Get Hired Live show and Get Hired with Andrew Seaman, both live LinkedIn in shows that I was delighted to actually be featured on just a few months ago. Before joining LinkedIn in 2018, Andrew was a digital editor at Reuters in New York, where he previously served as the news agency's senior medical journalist. He got his start at Reuters covering the Affordable Care Act and healthcare policy in Washington, D.C., And today he's joining me on the podcast to really dive deep into understanding what a company's culture really is, why it matters, and how to make sure before you jump ship from your current job to a new organization that it's going to be setting you up for healthy, long-term success. Andrew, welcome to the Bossed Up Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be back on the line with you, and thank you again for having me on your LinkedIn show just a few months back. That was a delight. I'll make sure to drop that link in our show notes for anyone who wants to watch that replay. Um, I'm excited to be sitting down with you because you have your finger on the pulse when it comes to the job market and what job seekers need to know. Does that feel accurate? (laughs) Uh, I try. (laughs) I, I hope I accomplish that, but I try. It's certainly a crazy wild, wild west out there right now. So before we dive in today to the topic at hand, all about how to evaluate a company's culture in the job search. Generally speaking, what are some of the biggest challenges that you see job seekers facing at this time in history? It seems like a really unprecedented time. I know we're all sick of hearing that word, but it does (laughs) seem to be a really chaotic time when it comes to understanding the headlines around job seekers. Definitely. I think that is probably the most challenging thing for job seekers Mm. and people who might be considering a job search Mm. is if you look at the headlines, basically it looks like the sky is falling. You know, you'll see 10,000 people being laid off here, 10,000 people being laid off there. And that can be really chilling if, if you are a job seeker. And even if you own a business, that can be really chilling because if you see other companies that are, laying people off, you start thinking, should I do that as well? Mm -hmm. You know, what's going on? So I think right now, knowing exactly what's going on, knowing where the labor market is, I think that's the most challenging thing for a job seeker. Totally. And I always find it really disorienting because while we're 
also seeing those headlines, we've long been hearing about the labor shortage that certain industries are facing as well. So how do you square those two narratives? So I think the most important thing is to realize that the job market is going to be different for everyone, depending on several variables. And obviously, I think one of the biggest variables is the industry. So Mm -hmm. all of the layoffs that we're really seeing is in the tech industry. Mm -hmm. We see Facebook, we see Twitter. And also there are a lot of other variables at play aside from the macro economy when you look at some of those layoffs. So that's also hard to sort of digest into like, okay, is this really a macroeconomic issue that they're facing? Is this an internal issue? So I think that's one of the big things. And you know, but industry is really one of the biggest indicators of whether or not the job market is tight or loose. Mm. And, you know, obviously, geographically where you are, that's not as important anymore, since people are doing hybrid jobs. But, you know, sometimes we'll see that a job market or a labor market is tighter in some areas Mm. of the country more than others or in certain parts of the world. So really, there are a number of variables that you have to consider when you're a job seeker. And your situation is probably going to differ from even your next door neighbors because they probably work in a different industry than you. They work at a different company than you. Um, And I think the most important thing to remember is that you're not starting from zero. This is not a depression. This is maybe a recession at worst. And a lot of economists are basically saying that it won't even be that bad if we do slip into a little recession. So I think the overall news is good. It's just the headlines can seem really scary. Yeah. Well, we know that scary headlines get clicks, right? We we know (laughs) that. You're in journalism. You understand that. And I think it's also important for my fellow millennials out there to keep in mind, we're all a little scarred from the Great Recession. So hopefully this is not a great recession. This is a better (laughs) recession. And we have to kind of... We've been through this before. Yeah. This is not our first rodeo. In terms of an economic downturn, for sure. So on that note, I feel like it's really important also for job seekers to not fall into the trap of the grass is always greener, right? So I find that sometimes when you're craving a sense of growth, upward mobility, or just a feeling of progress in our lives, which we know is an innate human need, that we can get a little excited when it comes to being flattered by the very first job offer that might fall into our lap or someone says, hey, are you looking? I think you'd be a great fit for this position. And even if everything looks good on paper, the big question is, is this actually a good place for me to work? I've seen many women in our Bossed Up Courage community online jump ship only to jump into a sinking ship, right? And say, wow, I thought this was going to be better, but now I'm really regretting making this career change. How can job seekers evaluate the company's culture and really what the hell's going on at the company in general that they're considering jumping into before they make that kind of a big switch? Let's break that down. Where do you think folks should start when it comes to thinking things through? Such a good question. And I think the first place that you need to start with anything like that is just your expectations. Because a lot of people, they have unrealistic expectations Mm. when it comes to where they want to go in their career. Mm. And, you know, I think a lot of times people will see, you know, in their feeds, whether it's on LinkedIn or Instagram, people who sort of 
it's almost like a fantasy yeah. it looks like they love their jobs everything is rainbows and unicorns yeah. and just it's one of those things where you hear that saying you know love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life <laughs> i have never found a person who hasn't said today felt like work yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you need you have to know going into a job that there are going to be highs and there are going to be lows there are mm-hmm. going to be some days that you want to quit and even that happens, I think, in the best jobs. I think so, so really, too. it's important to have a realistic expectation of what you want to get out of your job and the experience. Yeah. If it's rainbows and unicorns, you're probably going to be disappointed in a lot of the jobs that you have throughout mm. your career. Then I think the big thing is to really talk to people, ask them what their day-to-day lives are like. Right. Um, you know, look at companies that you know, are good from the outside and on paper. Mm. And on paper, most companies will look good because they have, you know, their PR people who write their, you know, their goals, their mission statements, things like that. But talk to people about really what's in practice. You Mm. know, what happens around the office day to day? What happens on their Slack or Teams channels? Mm -hmm. And those conversations people, I think, shy away from because, you know, it's like you're asking for something, but really that's the most basic ask you can make of someone. You're not right. asking for a job. You're not asking for a referral. And if someone says, hey, what it's, what's it like to work there? Yeah. Um, they'll say, you know, overall, it's really great. And, you know, make sure you're also asking, but like, what's one thing you would change about the environment? Oh, that's a because that way you get a little bit more probing beyond the, oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's good. You know, please don't tell my boss and get me fired. Um, That sort of thing. Um, So I think, you know, asking specific questions about like the culture, Mm. about day-to-day work, that'll give you the best insight into what it's like to work there. And especially if you're a woman, if you're a person of color, if you're LGBTQ, you know, you might want to find someone who is of that background so they could give you the real story for them because the the experience of like a white cisgender male is probably going to be different than you know a woman of color right um so you're definitely going to want to ask people and sometimes the recruiters will hook you up with that because like i know someone here who was looking to apply and they wanted to talk to someone with a specific background and you know i did some digging it took me a few days but i said okay here's a person you could talk to it's one of those things where it's like hey you take the conversation from here right um but this is this is a person who would have a similar experience to you Mm. um and then i think the other thing is you know once you have all that in place and you say okay this is what i want out of a job. This is the people that I've talked to, and this seems to be accurate. Make sure you're asking hard questions of the hiring managers mm. and the recruiters, um, because they're the ones who are going to be on the hook, sort of. If you get there and it turns out it is an awful place to work, right. um, you want to have some reassurance that you can go back to them and say, "Hey, listen, you know, you told me that when I started here, I would have support, yeah. I would have mental health benefits, and things like that." Um, so make sure you're asking them hard questions about what you really need out of that job, from like a support structure from your team. Mm. from your manager from your benefits and then you know after that i think you know you're setting yourself up for success Uh, you can never have a guarantee but the odds are better that you're going to have a good transition yeah i think that last part is worth expanding upon because so many job seekers i speak with have this audition mentality and rightfully so that like their job during the interview process is to perform 
right? <laughs> and to woo them and to get an offer. And I say, go for it, right? Like you do want to yeah. be as persuasive as possible, as strategic as possible in securing <laughs> an offer. Then for when, the talent portion of this audition, yes. I'll be playing the flute. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I'll strap on the tap shoes and win you over with some song and dance. And then that's how I got hired at LinkedIn. Well, no. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. That's how I got hired at every job. So I'm glad to hear that's yeah. consistent. But the question becomes okay, once you've got a written formal job offer, how do you approach asking the hiring manager those tough questions? Without coming across as, God forbid, entitled or selfish, especially as women, that can be really challenging because we want to put everyone else's needs before our own. We've been taught that that's kind and caring and unselfish. So how do we actually ask about all the things that are important to us, let's say maternity leave benefits, mental health days, like you mentioned, that feel like they're opening up the potential liability of getting that offer rescinded and scaring that employer off. I think there's a real fear there of like, we don't want to ask too tough of a question. So how practically do you advise folks to to navigate that portion of, of the song and dance? That is a great question. And that is a very real fear. Um, and I think the fear is obviously that you can never guarantee that asking any question will ever be harmless to your pursuits. Um, but hopefully if you ask, hey, do you have maternity leave and they immediately rescind the offer, hopefully that is a very good sign <laughs> that you shouldn't work there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I've always suggest to people, and this comes from different areas of life when I was a, a journalist covering medical issues, obviously medical and health issues, there's a lot of sensitive discussions that you can have around that even mm. when it comes to family. And the one thing that I've learned throughout the years is that if you can find a common thread, you can often have difficult conversations mm. and limit the risk to yourselves and others of that conversation turning negative. Right. Uh, so really when it comes to the job, what I always tell people is be excited to work there. You should be excited about the prospect of a new job. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone likes that honeymoon phase of their job where, you know, things are a little bit rosier than maybe they are. Right. You're just happy to be there. Um, have that excitement because that's going to go the furthest in getting you the job right. because people want to hire people who are excited to work for them. Absolutely. But what you could say is, listen, I am really excited to join your organization. I'm really excited to help you achieve what you want to and solve your problems. But to do that, I just want to make sure that I'm set up for success. And that mm -hmm. way, like, I know that I'm going to be happy there and I don't have to worry about these things. Mm -hmm. And I think you're basically saying, listen, you're helping me help you. Right. So like maternity leave, I want to know about that because, yeah. you know, if I do have a child and I do decide to, that I need like X amount of time off, then, you know, I want to make sure that we have systems in place so that way your work is still getting done. Yeah. I don't have to worry about that. And I think you could use that thread for everything about mental health benefits. Like, you yeah. know, if if there's something going on, I have a family emergency, do you have sort of personal days that I could take? Right. Um, so I think if you say, listen, you know, we're both after the same thing here, which is you need to get your jobs done. Right. I want to make sure that you have the systems in place so that we don't miss a beat. Right. I think that's how you end up having that conversation where yeah. you're saying, listen, we're after the same thing in this conversation. And I just want to make sure that we're both set up for success. 
I love and that. I think that's that's how you're going to have that conversation. Totally. And and really aiming for the mutual benefit there because hiring is no fun. <laughs> hiring is expensive. No. It's time consuming. They don't want to hire again. So keeping that in mind is is sort of like reminding yourself when you're in that negotiation phase or weighing an offer and grilling an employer to get a better sense of whether or not this is going to work for you. It's not you versus them. It's how can we support each other in this in achieving the same goal, which is I don't want a job search again anytime soon, and you don't want to hire again anytime soon. <laughs> so exactly, yeah, I think that that's hard to remember when you feel under the gun and on the job search. Yeah, yeah. and I think there's just a lot of misinformation and a lot of bad information out there about how to job search. So, mm. you know, I, I definitely have had conversations with people where they've played hard to get. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I don't want to hire you. No. Like, <laughs> I don't, yeah. if you don't want to work here, that's fine. Yeah. I, there are other people who do. And it's like, you don't have to, you don't have to look like you're in a cult or something where, yeah. you know, you have to be overly happy and super on board. But I want someone who's like, oh, this does seem like kind of fun. This yeah. does seem like something I could do and push myself. So if you're going in there playing hardball or hard to get, yeah. then it it, it kind of turns the person off and they're just like, okay, well, if you don't want this job, I'm not going to work for it. Like, Absolutely. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like dating. I can't help. I'm sure you do this all day. I can't help but see the parallels in the job market and the yeah. romantic market. You're like, people want to be wanted. Okay. Let's make that clear. Yeah. But again, there's a lot, like, you know, it's yeah. the same thing. There's a lot of misinformation and bad information when it comes to dating. And oh my God. maybe that's where it comes from. Maybe, maybe <laughs> you're right. The same problems exist in both markets. That's yep. really funny. Um, so why should we even care about company culture? You know, you've already alluded to it a little bit by talking through the perspective of marginalized people in particular. Um, but I, I kind of wonder... What the hell is it that we call company culture anyway? It's such a squishy topic. And why why does it matter when it comes to finding the right place for your next career move? It really comes down to what's important to you, I think. So I think company culture looks different to everyone. Mm -hmm. And really when it comes down to the idea of what should define culture, yeah. I think it, you have to define what, your relationship will be with your job. So mm. when I started really covering and writing about jobs and careers, I had to come up with my own idea of, okay, what are the truths that I think people should have when it comes to their jobs and careers? And the first one is that you get to dictate the relationship you have with your job. Mm. And then also that everyone has a right to have a job that doesn't make them miserable. And that's sort of the two areas that I always sort of think about when I'm writing about work, when mm. I'm writing about job searching, because, you know, it leaves interpretation open for everyone. Yeah. And I think there are unhealthy habits at both ends of that spectrum, yep. but in the middle there, it's, it's pretty good. So I think the first thing is figure out what your relationship with work, what kind of relationship you want with work. So maybe that is yeah. that you you do want to feel part of a team that you want to have friendships at work that you don't want to um, just close the computer and shut off for the day that you like to have yeah. that, that support group in your personal life and at the office. 
this. Yeah. Or maybe you're opposite and you do want to just close that computer at five o'clock and not think about it until 9 a.m. the next morning. Right. Um, that is up to you. So once you know that's the relationship you want with work, then you could sort of say, okay, is this a good company culture for me or a bad company culture? Mm-hmm. Because if the company culture is one of those where it's like, listen, you show up at 9 a.m., you get the job done, you close the, you know, you sign off, you close your computer, whatever that is, you go home, we don't care until you come in at 9 a.m. the next day. Yeah. If you really like that teamwork environment, that's probably not a good culture for you. Yeah. However, if you do like that, that's going to be a great culture for you. Yeah. So really, it, it's it, I think a lot of times people say, oh, we have a great company culture. But it really depends on, you know, who the person who. is that's experiencing right. that culture. I want to pause there for a moment because I feel like we're in a real great evaluation about that exact topic. I know a lot of ink has been spilled <laughs> the past few <laughs> years about whether it's a reshuffle or a, the great breakup apparently is what women are doing at work now. But I think people relating to their careers has undergone some seismic shifts since the pandemic. And whether or not the pandemic was the single instigating factor, I think you know, especially as a millennial who grew up in the hustle culture mentality and girl boss culture, you know what I mean? I think there's a serious wave of anti-ambition or at least (laughs) perhaps a checking of unbridled ambition that's happening now where people are, are sort of holding our work identities at a little bit more of a arm's length and saying, who am I without my career? And do I feel good about that person? You know? And so... Mm-hmm. Do you think that there has been overall in the United States in the last few years a shift that has been reflected in different companies' cultures in terms of enabling people to dictate that relationship to work more uh, autonomously as opposed to sort of everyone being an unabashed cult-like culture that feels entitled to people's identities in addition to their labor? It's kind of a big question. Yeah, I think I think there definitely has been a shift. Um, the question is whether it will be sustainable. Yeah. Because I think we're seeing a lot of larger companies that are saying, hey, we still want to offer you hybrid, but we kind of want you in the office a little bit more right. often. Or, you know, we want you to be here X days a week. Mm. And that's not really a bad thing necessarily. It, you know, it, it is one of the things where they're saying, you know, listen, we're trying to feel this out just like everyone else. Mm. Um, during the pandemic, I think it was a lot easier because most offices were just sort of closed yeah. at large companies. Um, obviously, it was a different story when you had smaller companies because some of them probably went back to the office a little bit earlier or not at all. Mm. Um but yeah, I think it, I, I think people are given a little bit more freedom to mm-hmm. be themselves and figure out what their boundaries are. And I think it's a good thing to be able to say, listen, I, I want to have more activities outside of work and, yeah. you know, working remotely allows me to do that. Or, you know, I want to maybe start a family or, you know, I want to adopt another dog or something yeah. like that. And I think they're maybe being more open to talking with their managers about that. I hope they are. Um, yeah. It's always a little bit difficult when you see the sort of like flavor of the month pop up, like quiet quitting or, yeah. um, you know, it's something like that. Like the great reshuffle as we call it at LinkedIn really did happen. Like 
that was there were numbers behind it we you know Absolutely. we know it happened yeah um quiet quitting it's a little bit more difficult for me to get my head around because how do you measure people that people have always yeah boundaries yeah, people have always yeah. quiet yeah people have always quietly quit i guess uh um so what i always recommend to people is basically listen you know don't be necessarily influenced by peer pressure when it comes to working styles yeah because what might work for one person is not going to work for you right um yeah and you know we all have different working styles no matter what it is so um make sure you have room to sort of embrace your own personality yeah i mean and that ties directly back to the question about evaluating company culture it's like i i often tell my job search clients this could be a really great job for someone else. That doesn't mean you have to take it, right? Like, it's not a good job, just like it's not a good culture. It's good for who? <laughs> and yeah, and it's also good for when, because a company culture that would work well for me at 22 definitely wouldn't work well for me at 32 and maybe 42. And so the question is, is this right for where I'm at right now? Is this right for the yeah. season of life that I'm in? Is this right for the kind of person I am. And that deep self-knowledge feels like a prerequisite to really evaluate a company's culture for how it fits to you. Um, yeah. And well, and I completely agree. And I think that's why I've always sort of stressed about like not just finding a job, but finding the right job. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people, they do what I think is commonly referred to as the spray and pray method, which is like you send a ton of applications <laughs> and you hope one lands. Yeah. But the chances of that job being right for you is very small and, and it's you've not gone a... through. Yeah. You've gone through like all of these steps and all of a sudden you're like, Oh wow. Th- I'm, I'm writing a cover letter and doing all these interviews for a job that I barely want. Yeah. Um, and obviously like if you, if you need money, if you need to take what's called a bridge job, go for it. But if you can spend more time on the quality of your applications um, I think that's so much healthier. And then at the t- on, on top of all of that, mm. you know, you could help other people with your job search when you sort of change that mentality to finding the right job because you realize that, okay, maybe there are three different jobs that are, are coming free um, and you look at them and say, hmm, only one of these is really up for me, but I know two other people from my team who would be great uh, for these other yeah. roles. Um, and then you're not job searching alone. You have sort of a support group that's going with you. So every once in a while, when I talk, uh, talk about, you know, how you could help other people with your job search, I instantly get the people who are like, you know, oh, it's every man for himself or, you know, it's, you know, you really, it's a dog eat dog world and all that other stuff. And it's like, you could treat it like that, but it's going to be a lonely journey for you. (laughs) Well, I think it's such a good like job search karma way to build up your good, you know, vibes that you're putting out there. If you're connecting others, they're going to be more likely to want to connect you. So being yeah. a resource to people is a powerful way to be seen as a resource and to be thought of as a resource. So yeah. I, I think that's a really great tip. And I couldn't agree more. The buckshot approach to the job search doesn't work. I took, <laughs> I took you off track a bit earlier when you were sharing the two things that you always come back to when it comes to the job search. And I wanted to ask deeply about the great reshuffle and the reevaluation when it comes to dictating your relationship to work. But you also mentioned something that I think resonates with so many people, your core belief around the fact that everyone has the right to a job that doesn't make you miserable. I'm wondering if you wanted to expand upon that. Like, what does that actually mean to you? 
Yeah, so um, that is a really good question. And basically what it means is that when it when a person has a job, mm. I'm not saying that you should have a job where you, like I said, rainbows and unicorns every day. Right. That does not exist unless maybe you work with unicorns and rainbows. <laughs> um, but as far as I know, that job doesn't exist. But, um, you know, there's always going to be hard days. There's going to be weeks that are difficult. Mm. But I think it's it verges into something else when you go home and you feel defeated. Yeah. Um, and it stretches on for maybe a month or two or even longer. Yeah. I think when you've hit that point, you need to realize, okay, I think this isn't for me or this isn't healthy. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't mean that you have to change your job. So what I say is like a person has a right to a job that doesn't make them miserable. Um, if you want to keep going down that road, go for it. But I think that's your signal to say like, okay, there's got to be something out there that is not going to make me absolutely hate the weekdays. Yeah. It's not going to sort of drain me for the rest of my, the people in my life, like my right. friends and family. So I think the main thing is to realize that there are other jobs out there, mm. that there are other situations, there are other setups at working places. So my belief is that if you are finding yourself in that space time and time again, where, yeah. you know, it's just sort of pulling you down, yeah. your essence is just being dragged down to the floor. Yeah. Um, I think that is sort of one of the things where the the alarm should go off and say, hmm, you know, maybe I should look around for something else. Absolutely. We have a lot of past episodes on toxic workplaces, how to identify them, what to do about it, how to get out of one and burn out because those are such unfortunately common scenarios we find people in. Andrew, thank you so much for sharing some of your brilliance with our listeners today. There are so many great ways for our listeners to keep in touch with you and all the wonderful ways you put out so much information into the world. What are some of the best ways that our listeners can follow up with all the great work you're doing? Yeah. So obviously LinkedIn is going to be the main place where you can find me. Um, so, you know, you'll find me on LinkedIn, just my profile. And then there are two pages where you can find the work of my colleagues. One is LinkedIn News, mm. um, which is um, the team that I'm on at LinkedIn. And then also there is Get Hired by LinkedIn News and Get Ahead by LinkedIn News, which you could find by searching on LinkedIn. And those are two pages with constantly updated career and job search information. Awesome. We will link to those in today's show notes. Thank you again for being here. Thanks for having me. For all relevant links to past podcasts and additional resources that Andrew and I talked about in today's episode, head to bossedup.org slash episode 379. That's bossedup.org slash episode 379. And if you're ready to double down on your job search this season, check out Bossed Up's Hired program. Now, please note this has no relation to Andrew's fantastic work with the Get Hired newsletter, but our job search accelerator, Hired, is a one-of-a-kind three-month group job search accelerator program that's led by me and features curriculum that breaks down this very confusing modern job search into a step-by-step -step process. 
We have newly released the Hired program in an on-demand version too. So if you want to Netflix binge your way through our Hired program, that's all available to you at your fingertips. So you can go at your own pace and accelerate your job search when it matters most to you. Head to bossedup.org slash get hired to learn all about the Hired program and how we can help you land the best next job for you. For every job seeker listening out there, I know this process can be so challenging. I hope today's conversation with Andrew really helped demystify some common misconceptions about how to navigate the job search and equip you with the practical, actionable strategies and tips to help make this job search your best yet. So keep at it and keep the faith. And until next time, let's keep bossing in pursuit of our purpose, and hopefully in pursuit of that next best job too. (laughs) And together, let's lift as we climb. 